Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of Epic Fantasy Romance. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. And if you're on video, you will have seen some uh, tufted ears here. I have a kitten on the desk. Today is Monday, April 3rd, 4-3-23. Yeah, so here we are, April. I am um, still inside, although, you know what, it's nicer today. I could have maybe sat out in the Great Barber, but it is, um, I don't know, not quite nice enough. We keep having this cold wind blowing, and so, uh, yeah, <coughs> and I have allergies. I'm 98% sure it's just allergies. Um, we suddenly warmed up. We've had the wind blowing. Pollen counts are high. I'm allergic to pollen. Uh, so this is very standard for me. However, I did find out on Sunday that uh, Bestie Megan is down with COVID. Um, and she's sick, poor thing. Although I think she's starting to feel better. But she tested positive yesterday morning. She started feeling sick on Thursday. And she had told me that she was feeling sick. But... Um, she had te hadn't tested positive and i saw her wednesday evening so <laughs> uh, but fortunately she's on a health kick and not drinking and so we did not do our usual thing of um, going somewhere to eat and drink instead we went for a long walk and it was delightful i think i mentioned this on friday and we then we sat outside on her patio and had a glass of wine or I did while she had one of those full cocktails. So um, see, this is what she gets for not drinking. She came down with COVID. So yeah, feeling not good the next day. Um, thought she was feeling better on Saturday. And then Sunday, no, she said she really went downhill. But I did um, do a COVID test this morning. And you all can see that I am negative. Hard to get it to focus on that but control line is there test line is not um so i think i think i escaped uh i am still uh, you know, like of this vanishing tribe of people who've never had it same with david um megan was annoyed because she said that she didn't get to be one of the only people she knew who hadn't had it anymore and I said, well, you know us, <laughs> we haven't had it. And she said, people who are hermits. How cool is that, right? I'm like, I leave the house sometimes. <laughs> so at any rate, we'll see how this week goes. Um, I'm hoping that we've evaded it because I would like to go see the family in Tucson for Easter. We're all set up to do that. We'll either go on Thursday or Friday if all goes well. Um, and some of that is the book. Uh, I have got 15,000 words to go. Um, if you've been counting at home, I mean, I did not make dramatic progress on Friday, which was my last report. That's the only downside of doing this podcast on Mondays and Fridays is... Um, not a lot happens over the weekend usually. 
I did not poke at the book over the weekend. I considered it, but I was feeling tired. Um, I only got like a thousand words on Friday uh, and I laid down and had a nap. Um, so I don't know, maybe the COVID was trying to get to me. I don't know. Uh, and then Saturday, I was just really feeling unambitious. But I did do a whole bunch of royalty crunching. Um, I actually got a fair amount of stuff done business-wise. So I am uh, I regret nothing. Exciting news. I have the covers for my Falling Under trilogy. Uh, going Under, Under His Touch, and Under Contract. Uh, and I am going to get those uploaded and published. This is the final set of the Karina Press books, the 10 books that I got my rights back to um, last year. Uh, getting 10 books back up again takes a while. Uh, I was messaging with, um, oh, with M Megan Sienna Deutsch. I mentioned her on occasion here on the podcast and she uh, I, is, I think, a listener. Hi, Megan. Uh, and she was talking about that she's gotten rights back on a whole bunch of her books, one of her series. Let's see which one. So, yeah, it's her Dowser book. She took the first six books back from Tantor, and now she's doing the whole series, including novellas and so forth. Um, so she has 13 audiobooks to do. <laughs> so much. Um but yeah, it was interesting hearing from Megan because it's like the first three months of the year. Um, she said she knew the first six were going to be crazy because she did this very successful Kickstarter. Um, but now she has so much to do. And she said she's just doing new words when possible to feel like she's moving forward, which I totally understand. Uh, <clears throat> so it's one thing we don't always talk about, I think, with self-publishing, being an indie publisher, uh, is that we are also publishers. And so we are basically running a publishing house with mostly one author. And it just takes time. So anyway, I did a bunch of business over the weekend. I also did laundry and grocery shopping and so forth. And I did get to enjoy being outside a little bit, although it's still, still not much. Uh, not much, not much warm. Uh, <laughs> everywhere I go, people are like, oh, it's the coldest spring we can remember. Uh, and I saw several of you commented that uh, it's been cold spring where you are too. I did, for those of you who are longtime listeners, uh, will be pleased to hear that I did buy my sweet pea seeds. Uh, I got those at the nursery and I was able to get a plethora uh, long-time faithful listeners will recall that during the pandemic, I could not get sweet pea seeds for love or money. And it was like this weird drop through. It was like, why? Why not sweet pea seeds? Why can't I have this one thing? Um, I don't know if they were like people just deprioritized sweet peas or what, you know, there were other seeds, but not those. So anyway, I got my sweet pea seeds. Technically, traditionally, I'm to plant them on St. Patrick's Day, but it was, it's been cold. <laughs> and so uh, I soaked them in buttermilk overnight, uh, which is my grandmother's trick. And I will get them planted this afternoon. So that's very exciting. Uh, 
uh, little quality of life things, right? So depending on how the book goes this week, uh, like I said, I've got 15,000 words to go. Uh, those of you new to the podcast uh, might wonder how I know so exactly. It's not because I have a max word count or anything. It's because I use the eight scene three act structure to predict. So especially at this point in the book, where I have written 77,000 words, 77,500, and I can see where the beats are. So basically the eight scenes divide the story into eight equal sections and the three acts, first act is first 25%, second act is the middle 50%, at 50% is obviously midpoint, uh, act three climax is a little bit more fungible, but it's around 90% and then wrap up. Uh, and right now I am at the, um, I am almost at the scene seven end and act three climax is usually a little bit past that. Um, I've got three and a half chapters to go unless I do some shorter chapters, which I sometimes do at the end. So at any rate, um, trying to get 3,000 words a day, 15,000 words would take me through Friday. But I think I will probably end up hitting the end and doing some fleshing out uh, on revision, doing the final ad. Uh, we will see. I'm not 100% sure what's going to happen now, <laughs> which is interesting. Um, welcome to my process and my world. Uh, but so yeah, I'm going to see by like Wednesday how we feel and see what I um, what kind of progress I have made on the book here. Hard to hard to say. Um, and it'll just depend on if I feel like I'm spinning my wheels or not. But then we will go to Tucson for a few days, enjoy the sunshine there and give my brain a little bit of a break. I mentioned before that I've been reading Possession and I last night watched the movie, 2002 movie with Aaron Eckhart and Gwyneth Paltrow in the contemporary roles and then deliciously uh, Jennifer Ailey and Jeremy Northam. Somebody pulled into our driveway, but I think it's one of those Amazon flex delivery people. I don't love the Amazon flex thing because it is these people who are just like random people in their cars pulling into our driveway and we are out in the country. So not that many people come to our house. I would much rather have a marked delivery truck uh, than like this chick in her knitted beanie. I'm trying to be, I need to be flex about this. Anyway, possession. Jeremy Northam. I had to try, I wanted to say Northern. Uh, it's interesting because Jennifer Ailey doesn't get top billing at all. Also interesting is Lena Hetty, isn't it? She plays Blanche Glover. Glover. Um, Lena, who famously played Cersei later in Game of Thrones, right? Uh, so it's interesting to see her in that. Uh, anyway, I remember that the movie did not do well, despite having this wonderful starring cast. Uh, and 
was interesting to revisit it because it's you know not a long movie for a very complex novel and it's always interesting to me to see what what they do what the screenwriters do what plot elements they decide to take out of the story i think it's a good study for all writers because it's like okay what subplots are not critical to the main thrust of the story uh I, I was giving feedback to uh, a critique partner yesterday on a story, and I said, I think you have too many themes in here. It's not clear to me, what is this story about? What story are you trying to tell? So that can be a really useful way to look at, uh, you know, to use like a screenwriter trick. If you were going to make this into a movie and you couldn't, ha you could do a HBO miniseries, and you had to make it into like a 90 minute movie, which characters can be extracted? Uh, I think it's really useful. Uh, Long-term listeners know that I have more than once watched uh, the Pride and Prejudice movies, the BBC Pride and Prejudice with um, Jennifer Ailey and Colin Firth, and then, which is the miniseries, and then also the movie, which is with, um, Kira, I want to say Knightley, but it's Mr. Knightley. Oh, it is Knightley. <laughs> Mr. Knightley, Miss Knightley. Uh, Kira Knightley and Matthew McFadden. Uh, I, I actually prefer the Kira Matthew version only because I think it's such a brilliantly done movie. It is, they did so much to convey the story through imagery um, and what just wonderful cinematography so for a for a filmed version of the story i really do think that one um exceeds the others in brilliance uh many many people love the other one because of jennifer ailey and colin first and you know can't blame them but also because it's more faithful to the full story and i think that's where it gets really interesting though is to watch like those two in tandem and see which threads were pulled out, which ones were not essential to telling the main story. Uh, but the movie Possession, uh, I think it must have been like killed on the editing floor because it doesn't even make sense at the end. They like totally dropped the contemporary plot line. Uh, anyway, what was I going to say about possession oh it's interesting in the movie because the most compelling part the romance between Christabel Lamont and Randolph Henry Ashe uh, that that is so full of steamy tension whereas the uh, romance between Aaron Eckhart and Gwyneth Paltrow is like meh non-existent uh, I think you could even just say those actors names and know that it's going to be non-existent um, but I hate the way that they end the movie. And this is like my ongoing complaint about romance, right? Where, and I haven't finished reading the book. I read it forever ago when it first came out. And so I'm doing the reread. And I, I mean, it's been out so long. I feel like I cannot spoiler you. But the way that it, the focus of the story, as happens with so many romances, the focus becomes on the child. Um, you know, like they have this glorious love affair and then all of the interest is in the fallout and the ending 
is like with Ash meets the little girl that he knows to be his daughter and he's so happy. And it's like, well, no, you're not happy. I, I don't understand why this is like such a common story trope. You're not thrilled to meet the child that you had with your lover. You, you want the lover. You wanted this person that you had this glorious, intense love affair with. And like knowing that there's a child is like somehow this is supposed to like be okay because like older people don't care about having love. They just care about having progeny. I don't know. Uh, it's annoying. Uh, one thing I did want to touch on uh, was that there was a conversation the other day uh, where somebody was upset about their editor leaving their publishing house. And, you know, this just happens. It's, uh, it's a sad truth of the publishing industry. Um, agents leave, editors leave. Sometimes people leave you halfway through the wood. There's your uh, Into the Woods reference. Um, they move houses. Sometimes they take their clients with them. Sometimes they don't. Uh, but it is, it's just a reality of the business and it sucks. And it can have a huge impact on an author's career. Yes, because um, books get orphaned. So like you might sell a trilogy to an editor and the editor leaves before you finish getting that trilogy published. And what they do is then when an editor leaves a publishing house, it's like any job, right? You know, it's editor leaves. And so they take that person's work and they distribute it. And very often it is a little bit of a, um, I'm, I'm going to compare it to like picking sides for picking members for the team, right? Where you have your team captains. And so all of the editors who remain at the house uh, fight for the star players, right? They want those big sellers. And so they'll be like, I really want Nora Roberts. This doesn't happen to Nora Roberts, but if it did, this is how it would go, you know? And, and I've had friends that this has happened to where like, you know, they will say, Oh, <clears throat> excuse me. I fought, I fought for you. I really wanted to have you for my author. Um, and then there are the not so great players, the ones who have been injured or the nerd girls like me who don't want to play dodgeball anyway. This is where our analogy breaks down, but you get what I'm saying, right? You know, that there are the, um, the not popular people, the ones who aren't the guaranteed scores and they tend to get put on the teams of, of the less important captains, right? And they might grudgingly take on that person and then, and like bench them. So yeah, it's, it's an unfortunate thing. And all I can tell you about this is that yes, it happens. Yes, it sucks. And you have to be flexible. You have to be ready to reinvent yourself. Uh, and this is why one of my favorite questions to ask um, authors, like when somebody's giving a talk, if you like want to know their wisdom and you don't really know what to ask, a great question is to ask them about a time that they had to reinvent themselves. Because I promise you, every single author has had to reinvent themselves at some point in their career. And often it is because um, their editor left or 
I remember when a major editor at one of the publishing houses died. She died suddenly and it turned out she had been sick and hadn't told anyone and she had done nothing to prepare for uh, the for the legacy for her authors to go anywhere and it caused utter chaos and and they got you know sort of scattered to the winds it's like you're well here's another analogy um you know it's like the the mother dies and all of the kids you know the kids end up in foster care and maybe some of them get placed into good homes and other ones don't uh and and what does is this is a time when you have to take care of yourself you have to be your own best advocate nobody will ever care about your work as much as you do and so you have to reinvent uh today there are so many more options for self-publishing that makes this really much better than it used to be uh used to be like if you got orphaned by your publishing house then that was it that's why some series never got finished that's why some authors disappeared because this kind of thing would happen so that's the watchword for the day be flexible oh there we are back to flexibility coincidence yes <laughs> be flexible be ready to reinvent um so i don't know if i'll do a podcast friday or not i'll try um since i'm down to two a week and um or maybe I'll do one Thursday instead. We'll see. We'll see how my week goes. Wish me luck. Really, truly finishing this draft this week, no matter what, right? Unless I get COVID. <laughs> all right. I hope you all have a great week. I hope that you are healthy. I hope that um, you are able to see your goals through for the week. Uh, more power to you. You all take care. Bye-bye.